Welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. My soul's been anchored. My soul, my soul, my soul, my soul, my soul's been anchored. My soul's been anchored. My soul's been anchored. My soul, my soul, the pillars may roll, the breakers may dash. I shall not sway because he holds me fast. Dark is the day, clouds in the sky. I shall not know because my Jesus is nigh. My soul's been anchored, my soul's been anchored. My soul, my soul, my soul, my soul, my soul has been anchored. My soul has been anchored. My soul has been a anchored. ourselves. Thank you, God, for giving us the gift of faith. Thank you, God, for blessing us with your spirit. And we thank you, God, for the privilege of worship. We thank you, God, that you have brought us through many dangers, toils, and snares, but God, we still stand as your people, blessing your holy name. Bless this word, oh God. I give every bit of this effort to you. And I ask, oh God, for a special anointing that only comes from your spirit. May this sanctuary be filled with your presence. May every thought that we have be anointed by you, oh God. And Father, we bind the enemy in the name of Jesus. And we declare worship. We declare that your word will go forward. And we ask all of these blessings in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And the people of God said, Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Chapter 20, verse number 20. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa 
And as they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said to the people, Listen to me, Judah, and people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God, and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. The theme of my sermon today is dressed for battle. Dressed for battle. During my one of my mental health breaks this week, I was able to watch the documentary of Nina Simone. I really didn't know anything about Nina Simone. But there was a song that she sang in the documentary that stayed with me. And the name of the song is, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. She said, I wish I knew how it would feel to be free. I wish I could break all the chains holding me. I wish I could say all the things that I should say, say them loud and say them clear. For the whole round world to hear. I wish I could share all the love that's in my heart, remove all the bars that keep us apart. I wish you could know what it means to be me. Then you see and agree that every man should be free. I wish I could give all my longing to give. And I wish I could live like a longing to live. I wish I could do all the things that I can. And though I'm all way overdue, I'm always starting again. How sweet it would be if I could fly. Oh, I'd soar to the sun and look down at the sea. And then I would sing, cause I know, yeah, I would sing because I know. I'd sing because I know I know how it feels to be free. Oh, I know how it feels to be free. Yeah, I know how it feels. How it feels, how it feels, how it feels to be free. Lord, 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 just let us someday be free. Nina Simone. During my second mental health break this week, I stumbled upon, again, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. It was the first in a series of volumes of coming of age story that illustrates how strength of character and the love of literature can help overcome racism and trauma. The book begins with three-year-old Maya Angelou and her older brother are sent to Stamps, Arkansas to live with their grandmother and ends with Maya becoming a mother at age 16. And in the course of Cage Bird, Maya transforms from a victim of racism and inferiority complex into a self-possessed, dignified young woman capable of responding to prejudice. Let the church say amen. The book covers topics coming to autobiographies written by black African-American women in the years following the Civil Rights Movement. 
It's a celebration of black motherhood, a critique of racism, it's the importance of family, and the quest for independence, personal dignity, and self-definition. If you haven't read the book, you should go and have a liberating moment. Angelou uses her autobiography to explore subjects such as identity, rape, racism, and literacy. She also writes in new ways about women's lives in a male-dominated society. And Maya, the younger version of Angelou in the book's central character, has been called a symbolic character for every black girl growing up in America. Angelou's description of being raped as an eight-year-old child overwhelms the book, although it is presented briefly in the text. And another metaphor, Sister Khan, is that of a bird struggling to escape its cage. It is a central image throughout the works which consists of a sequence of lessons about resisting racist oppression. The book remains relevant because here in 2020, we are still fighting the same demons of racism and oppression. Paul Lawrence Dunbar said in his poem, I know what the caged bird feels when the sun is bright on the upland slopes, when the wind stirs soft through the springing grass and the river flows like a stream of glass, when the first bird sings and the first bud opens and the faint perfume from his chalice steals. I know what the caged bird feels. Can I get a witness? I know why the caged bird beats his wing till his blood is red on the cruel bars, for he must fly back to his perch and cling. And when he's feigned beyond the bower swing and a pain still throbs in the old, old scars and they pulse again with a keener sting, I know why he beats his wing. Church, I know why the caged bird sings when his wing is bruised and his bosom sore, when he beats his bars and he would be free. It is not a carol of joy and glee, but a prayer that he sends from his heart's deep core. But a plea that upward to heaven flings, I know why the caged bird sings. Many have asked me, how do I feel about the events of this week? How do I feel about the death of George Floyd and all who have been killed through violence? I feel numb. I feel I can't take it anymore. I feel enough is enough. And I'm praying and crying out to God, have mercy on us. This is a defining moment for all of us as we struggle with our human emotions and the demon called racism. To be honest with you, I never heard of George Floyd until Monday. I never heard of him and I never knew what he was and what he did. I didn't know how tall he was or anything. So I decided to take a look to see who he really is. And I was shocked when I discovered that he has a gospel legacy in the city of Houston. I was shocked to learn that he was a person of peace and they called him Big Floyd. And I was shocked to learn that he nurtured the souls of others while nobody nurtured his soul 
doing that eight minutes and 43 seconds. The rest of the country knows George Floyd from several minutes of a cell phone footage, but the people in Houston's third ward know Floyd for how he lived for decades. He was a mentor to generations of young men and a person of peace ushering ministries into the area. Floyd spoke of breaking the cycle of violence he saw among young people, and he used his influence among young people to bring outside ministries to the area to do discipleship and outreach, particularly in the Cooney Hans housing project locally known as the Bricks. Can you imagine a man who is preaching and teaching and serving the people of God to go down in such a deadly way. The church expanded its involvement in the area, holding Bible studies and helping out with groceries and rides to the doctors and appointments because Floyd didn't just provide access and protection. He was available to serve, and he served all the people with all of his heart. His mission was to empower other believers to be able to push the gospel forward. And yes, we saw the last minutes of his life. As we reflect on Floyd, the article tells us that he moved to Minnesota around 2018, and his family said that he was only there for a job, and he was coming back to Houston this summer. But he won't get back to Houston physically, but the community has decided that he will never be forgotten. I ask that we pause for a word of silence as we acknowledge the sacrifices of those who have gone. Amen. Our text today informs us that it was early in the morning when they left for the desert. I don't know about you, but there's something special about early in the morning. And I discover that even when my human body does not want to get up and God has something to say to me, the Holy Spirit forces me to rise up early in the morning. The psalmist says, I rise before dawn and cry for help, and I wait for your words, O God. It's early in the morning while it was still dark. The word of God says that Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. But the truth be told, all of us need an early in the morning experience. Isaiah says, O Lord, be gracious to us as we have waited for you and be their strength every morning, our salvation in the time of distress. The psalmist in Psalm number five, verse number three says, in the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. And in the morning, I will order my prayer to you and eagerly watch, O Lord. Exodus 8:20. Moses, the Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning. Don't let the enemy tell you that you can't rise up. Don't let the enemy tell you that you cannot rise up to hear a word from the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, rise early in the morning and present yourself before Pharaoh. And he comes out to the water and say to him, thus say the Lord, let my people go that they may serve me. 
there's power early in the morning. Joshua 3.1 says, Joshua rose early in the morning. And he and all the sons of Israel set out from Shittim and came to the Jordan, and they lodged there before their cross over. Notice that God raised them up early in the morning to get instructions on what they were supposed to do. In 1 Samuel chapter 5, verse number 4, but when they rose early in the next morning, Dagon had fallen on his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord. You see, sometimes it's early in the morning, Brother Henry, when the Lord shows you the evidence of his work overnight. Sometimes it's early in the morning when the Lord shows you what has been destroyed while you have been sleeping. First Samuel 9, 26, and they arose early and at daybreak, Samuel called to Saul on the roof saying, get up that I may send you away. So Saul arose, and both he and Samuel went out into the street. Mark 16, 2 says it was very early on the first day of the week. Hallelujah. I thank God that the women were not going to be nosy. I think that the women were going because they were on assignment by God. And the word says they rose up early in the morning, and it was the women who came to the tomb. So I encourage you today to rise up sometimes early in the morning. Rise up sometime early in the morning and ask the Lord, what is it that you would have for me to do today? If you go on and read down to verses 22 and 23, the word of God tells you, this is chapter 20 of Chronicles, as soon as they started shouting and praising God, let me take you back a little bit to verse 21. After Jehoshaphat gave the people instructions, and after talking it over with the people, he appointed a choir to start singing. And the choir started singing what? My soul is anchored in the Lord. The choir started singing, how great is our God. The choir started singing every praise to our God. And as they began to sing, they began to march and see the Spirit of God will have you do unnatural things. The Spirit of God will have you march in darkness and march to places you haven't been before. And the word says that he appointed a choir and they were dressed in holy robes, meaning that they were dressed to serve Almighty God. And as soon as they started shouting and praising God, I, I, I called Minister Derek and I asked him, could he fly in a choir for me? And I asked him, could he create the atmosphere for this text? He held the phone about 10 seconds and he said, Pastor, I need you to let me think about that. I didn't call him back because I made up my mind that I had a choir in the sanctuary. And I decided I was going to put him on the spot, Brother James, and I want my choir to start singing. I don't care what you sing as long as you start singing. And this is my choir, so it's time for you to get up and start singing. Because the Word of God says that when they started singing, and when they started praising God, the atmosphere changed. That's what the Word says. All right, choir. Come on, choir. Hallelujah. Oh yeah, this is the word of God. Hallelujah. Yes. Oh yeah. 
I'm asking God to ambush hatred. I'm asking God to do for us the same thing that God did for Judah. I'm asking God to allow us to shout and praise his holy name. And in the, in the midst of our praising God, I'm asking God to ambush all evil thoughts in the name of Jesus. Jehoshaphat said to the people, if you have faith in God, if you have faith in God, you will be successful. If you have faith in God. Yesterday, I was watching, probably like you, the launch. SpaceX launches two astronauts into orbit. Two American astronauts lifted off at 322. I'm in the kitchen. And I'm in the kitchen and I had this sense of looking at the launch. And the launch pad that once served Apollo missions and the space shuttle. But the rocket and capsule that lofted them out of the atmosphere were a new sight for many of us. As I kept watching and I looked at 
the two astronauts, as I kept watching and I was listening to all of the details about SpaceX, I concluded that one day I'm going to have a launch of my own. I concluded that there was no need for me to be jealous that I was not a part of the Falcon 9 rocket because God has given me a rocket through Jesus Christ. As I kept looking, I realized that, yes, SpaceX is getting all the credit and the Falcon 9 rocket is, is going and launching as it's supposed to, but I also realized that God has given us Jesus. Secondly, I realized that there were two astronauts who launched, Robert Benier and Doug Hurley, and, but I realized that they needed two astronauts, but God only needed one in the person of Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, I realized that they lifted off Deacon Gino at 322, and that they had a 17-hour journey to get to that destination. But as I thought about that, I realized that the Bible says that my deliverance from here to glory is going to be immediately. It will not take me 17 hours to get there. And I looked again as they were boasting about the outfits that the astronauts had on. And they said they were black and white and they were looked like they had come from a designer store. And I realized that it didn't matter what they were dressed in because the Lord says that we're going to be dressed in holiness and there's nothing like his holiness. And then I realized that the destination to the International Space Station sounds intimate. It sounds wonderful. I even heard that somebody is willing to pay to go there just to see what it looks like. But I realized that my final destination is heaven. And I believe that I'm going there to be with my Lord. I realized that I don't have to go to Florida and I don't have to see Dragon 9 rocket launch because I'm gonna have my own launch one day in the name of Jesus. I decided that they will be working the full three months that they're there. But all I'm gonna be doing when I get there is I'm going to be praising God. I'm going to be singing all day long. I'm going to be shouting, hallelujah, how great is my God. I'm going to be bending my head saying, holy, 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 holy is the Lamb of God. Holy is the Lamb of God. The God Almighty who saves us. God Almighty who delivers us. God Almighty who loves us. My soul, my soul, I said my soul is anger in the Lord. Heavenly Father, we love you. Right now, dear God, somebody across this world hearing my voice, It's not anchored in you, oh God. So I pray right now for the gift of salvation. I pray for the gift of faith, oh God. And I pray that the lost will get to know you and the pardon of their sins. 
I pray, dear God, that right now somebody would ask, what must I do to be saved? And they will know that all they have to do is confess with their mouth and believe in their heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and they shall be saved. Father, will you dress all of us in holiness and faith so that we might be ready for battle and be victorious in the name of Jesus. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you again.